September 20th, 1893, was a day that would forever change the roads of Massachusetts. It was the day brothers Charles and Frank DeRea rolled their custom-built gas-powered motor car out of the Russell Machine Shop on Taylor Street in Chicopee, Mass., and started it up on Spruce Street. The driver, Frank DeRea, excitedly wrote later, The car gathered speed, and I turned onto the right. I was on my way in America's first gasoline-propelled vehicle. Frank didn't get very far that day, as the one-cylinder, four-horsepower car conked out after a short time. But this was the beginning of not only car travel, but road trips. We may think about automobiles in terms of transportation and business, but even as cars were first invented, there was an air of excitement. Interstate races that tested different models against each other for cash prizes were sponsored by various businesses and government. When the first cars bounced through sleepy towns, people would pour out of their houses and stores to watch. There were no highways, no maps, no gas stations, no hotels. They were truly driving into the unknown. Driving meant excitement, exploration, and freedom. This is Garth in the lost cabin somewhere in rural Massachusetts. Summertime and the living is easy, so let's venture out of the lost cabin and start up the engine of our fliver and get on the road to explore. The soft, warm wind, the smell of fresh-cut grass, they draw us out onto the roads to wander. Climb in, put on your goggles and gloves as we look for lost Massachusetts out on the road. Massachusetts Weird Road Trip. This hour that I'll be making a cash call for of $1,173. Alright, please write that down with a crayon or something, and I may be calling you. But I like to get to know. Hello all. In this brief episode, I'm going to take a side street and focus on suggestions for a summer road trip. There are some great drives in Massachusetts and strange things to see that make the experience more interesting. Today I want to talk about five or so things. A hat, a tower, a pumpkin, an unpronounceable name, and a strange street. All of these sites are or were in and around the Worcester Mass area. 
There's a lot to see and do in Worcester, but we're going to focus on fun things you can see on a summer drive. These aren't really lost places so much as places whose reason for existing may be lost on people. The pictures and stories from this episode are specifically from a road trip uh, that I took a few years ago that I called the Worcester Weird Trip. I say that with all due respect as a cultivator of the weird and with the understanding that Worcester has lots of things that aren't weird. For clarification, Worcester is spelled W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. You don't pronounce the R and the C sounds like an S. If you want to go the extra mile, you can drop the R at the end of the word as well. Worcester. My suggestion when you're going road tripping or oddball sightseeing on the roadside Pick a handful of things in a particular area to check out. Don't settle on one item in case it's gone or you can't find it. That's happened to me plenty of times. Also, don't overdo it and have uh, too long a list. And this is something that I'm also guilty of. Our first stop is a giant green leprechaun hat. Many of you have probably driven by it and wondered, is that a giant leprechaun hat? Why is there a giant leprechaun hat floating in mid-air? Maybe you thought you were hallucinating, but you're not. It's there. You can see it from Interstate 290 and State Road 122. If you want to get a closer look, you need to go to 49 Milbury Street in Worcester. So what's under the hat? It's an Irish pub called Pasty Dugan's. Previously, the restaurant was called Emerald Isle. As with all of the stops on this tour, I've provided a photograph on the Instagram account Lost Massachusetts. If you take a look at the picture behind the hat, you might notice a huge billboard for a Polish grocery store. This neighborhood has a bit of Polish culture in it, and generally so does central Massachusetts. They have a large Polish historic population, particularly around the city of Chicopee, outside of Springfield. Recently, I asked a Polish Massachusetts native if there was a reason, and he said there was a story that was very interesting. I don't know yet if it was true. I'll have to find out and do some confirmation. Well, what's the story? It's generally known Chicago, Illinois has a large Polish population. As with many turn-of-the-century immigrant waves from Europe, A handful of families from one country would settle in a particular place, then bring over their extended families, and soon there was a cultural and language haven for a particular population. Well, according to my Polish friend Matt, the Polish immigrants could not pronounce Chicago clearly, and it was misunderstood as Chicopee. So all these folks who arrived and asked for directions and trains to Chicopee when they meant Chicago. This is very similar to other immigrant confusion stories, but I have to follow up on it. This in general is also the area where Polar Park is. This is where the Woo Sox play. So there's actually a lot to see and do. Our next Worcester spot is a strange structure with an interesting history. Born in 1835, 
Worcester native Stephen Salisbury III was heir to a railroad empire, president of the Worcester National Bank, and manager of his family's extensive properties in Worcester County. Like any other self-respecting holder of obscene wealth in 19th century America, he put his energy into building a fake castle. Such was the fashion of the well-to-do, building follies or fake crumbling ruins, making their own houses into medieval manors, or even bringing and reconstructing castles from Europe brick by brick. I'm teasing because I'm honestly amazed at the things rich people did with their time a hundred years ago. Salisbury was actually quite an accomplished philanthropist. He was a member of the Worcester Horticultural Society. He founded the Worcester Art Museum and was a member of the Antiquarian Society. And in particular, he funded research into the history and culture of the Mayan civilization. His attention to the lost Central American civilization brought awareness of the Maya into popular culture. However, the subject of this discussion concerns the Bancroft Tower, a castle facade you can visit in a delightful park in Worcester. The tower is named after George Bancroft, a family friend of Stephen Salisbury and accomplished in his own right. Bancroft was also a Worcester native and served as Secretary of War and was given the honor of eulogizing Abraham Lincoln after he was assassinated. Salisbury spent $15,000 in 1900, which is about a half a million dollars today, to build the 56-foot-tall mini castle to honor Bancroft. It's an elegant backdrop for any occasion. The day we visited there, uh, there was actually a wedding being set up. The tower gets decorated for Halloween and Christmas, you can see it at the end of Bancroft Tower Road. The museum Salisbury founded and the Salisbury Mansion itself aren't too far away. And actually much of the land around the tower was originally part of the Salisbury estate. I think I'm going to start telling people that he invented the Salisbury steak as well. You can see our picture of the Bancroft Tower Instagram at Lost Massachusetts. Check the show notes for more details about the history we just discussed. Our next Worcester site is something that could bring a screeching halt to any road trip. Do you ever feel like the government does dumb things with our roads? We're trying to take a road trip here, but there is a trap within the city of Worcester. I'm sure you've heard of things like this, but you can actually see it yourself. What am I talking about? There is a one-way dead-end street in Worcester. Just think about that for a minute. You can only drive in one direction down the street, and then it ends, and you can't turn around and drive the other way because you'd be breaking the law. How did this happen? From what I understand, the street used to go all the way through. At some point, a sidewalk was put across the end of the road, and the one-way sign at the entrance was never removed. Where is it? It's right near the Central Massachusetts Korean War Memorial on Forrester Street in Worcester. The one-way dead-end street does not really have a name. It's kind of a forgotten or even lost street. I suppose you could call it an extension of Summer Street. And here's how you get there. 
If you are driving north on Foster Street, you'll pass the Korean War Memorial. Turn right on Bridge Street, then turn right on Summer Street. Before you get to the big roundabout at Washington Square, there is an unmarked right-hand cutoff street. You'll drive under the old Worcester Providence Railroad and find yourself at the abrupt end of a three-lane intersection turn. The painted arrows on the ground clearly indicate you can only drive in one direction. I'm sorry, you're stuck, and it's my fault. Our next item is a funky place that unfortunately no longer exists. Maybe you're one of those people who thinks that Halloween is just one day a year. I will forgive you for feeling that way. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. For some of us, the Halloween season has already started. And for many of us, like childhood, the season never really ends. But what are we supposed to do when most of the world thinks that October 31st comes and goes? The answer is year-round Halloween stores. Where can one find such a place? Well, sadly, until a few years ago, you could find one in Worcester. But the Halloween outlet, as it was called, formerly at 540 West Boylston Street, is closed. It wasn't just on our weird Worcester tour because it was a year-round Halloween store. No, we went there because the entrance of the store was a giant pumpkin it actually inspired me to turn my front porch into a giant pumpkin one year. And before you ask, yes, it was awesome. The kids loved it. They had to step over the jagged teeth of the jack-o'-lantern to get their candy. I'm sure many of you have been to pop-up Halloween stores for the season, and they have rows of costumes and props. But the Halloween outlet was a truly themed store. It was more of a haunted house than just a shop. Unfortunately, it's gone. I have put a photograph of the pumpkin on our Instagram account at Lost Massachusetts. And I will link to a great article about the store from 2018 that captures some of the essence. Happy Halloween, everybody. Our next place to visit is an unpronounceable location. This next place is not in Worcester proper, but it's worth the trip. Did you know that the longest place name in America is in Massachusetts? The longest place name in the world is either a Welsh village with 58 letters or a hill in New Zealand that has 91 letters. The matter is up for debate. Here in Mass, we have to settle for a place that only has 45 letters in it. I'm going to attempt, right here on the show, to pronounce this name. I'm sure I'll get angry notes from people who grew up there, but here goes. Char-goog-a-goog-man-chow-ga-gog-chow-bun-a-gun-gam-og. Okay? So, just to be clear, that's 
C-H-A-R-G-O-G-G-A-G-O-G-G-M-A-N-C-H-A-U-G-G-A-G-O-G-G-C-H-A-U-B-U-N-A-G-U-N-G-A-M-A-U-G-G. The legend is that this is a Nipmuc name for Lake Webster that means you fish on your side, I fish on my side, no one fishes in the middle. Sounds like a good deal. Lake Webster and Webster, Mass. is actually a great vacation spot. Check it out. But most importantly, you can see the full name stretched out across the top of a shopping plaza at 170 Gore Road in Webster, Mass. This road is also Route 16, which you can get to from Interstate 395, Route 193 on Route 12 in Webster. And if you need a landmark to find the sign, you can search for Apollo Pizza in Webster and then ask a local to pronounce the name. If you go to Lost Massachusetts at Instagram, you'll see our picture of the sign and I've got two people standing at opposite ends of the name for scale. So hang on after the commercial and I'll summarize the suggested road trip and after that, I'm going to share with you a special mystery detail about Lost Massachusetts that's uh, worth joining us for in our quest to figure out the truth. Thanks. You can get to Worcester from Route 9, Route 20, the Mass Pike, 495, 290, 190. Everything goes to Worcester. The only main road in Mass that doesn't go near Worcester is Route 2. Once you're there, the giant green hat is at 49 Millbury Street. The Bancroft Tower is on Bancroft Tower Road, which is off of Massachusetts Avenue in Worcester. The one-way dead end is off of Summer Street near the Korean War Memorial. The big sign for Lake Chaubanug, etc. is at 170 Gore Road in Webster. Always drive slowly because you might miss something. Stenstown. Stenstown, Mass. That's S-T-E-N-S-T-O-N. Never heard of Stenstown, Mass? No one else has either. But there it is on an 1807 French map in the center of Middlesex County, somewhere between Andover, Lynn, Marlborough, and Lancaster. It's a bizarre unknown location, and there are no roads on the map leading to it. It's just floating there in space. Is it a misspelling, mispronunciation, misunderstanding? Or was it a real place that history swept away? It could also be a so-called paper town. Paper towns or paper streets are fictitious locations put on maps intentionally as copyright protection. The map maker puts some bogus name on a map, and if that name shows up on someone else's map, they know their map has been copied. I'm putting this mystery out there for people to think about and discuss. I have my own ideas about it. 
please go to Lost Massachusetts on Instagram to see an image of Stenstown on the map. The original map is part of the David Rumsey map collection. So join the mystery and help us out. Thanks for joining us on our weird Worcester tour. We hope that you take your own road trips and find your own lost places. Come back next time and we'll explore one of the darker chapters in Massachusetts history. It's something that people want forgotten, but it's actually important to remember. Until then... This is Garth in the Lost Cabin somewhere in rural Massachusetts saying, it's always 1928 somewhere. Hey, if you like the show for some reason... There are lots of ways you can join the fun or get a hold of us. You can message Lost Mass through the podcast apps on Anchor. There's a voice option. Or you can go to lostmassachusetts.com and subscribe to our blog. Or use the various methods there to contact us. If you go to lostmassachusetts.com, you can also sign up to get a postcard from a lost place. And find out where to send us a lost postcard, too. Also, go to Lost Massachusetts at uh, Instagram for photos and other details. We will do our best to respond to comments uh, directly, uh, as well as within the show. You might hear um, your own comment. That's fun.